Jordan and Jake. Powered by Ortho Carolina. The home stops, he throws it across field. Guess who? Jordan Gross. Here are your Panther Hall of Honor members, Jordan Gross and Jake DeLome. Hey, Panther World, the Jordan and Jake podcast is back, and we are powered by Ortho Carolina. When it comes to your orthopedic care, choose better by choosing Ortho Carolina. With over 40 locations throughout the Carolinas, you're never far from one of the nation's leading providers of care for joints, muscles, and other orthopedic injuries. If things look bad, it's important to know you have a choice, but there's only one better choice Ortho Carolina, official team physician of the Carolina Panthers. Before I bring in Jake and special guests, I have to address the fact that. As, as a listener of our podcast, everybody knows that you get a variance of listening scenarios depending on the location that Jake and I may be recording from. So that's part of the fun of the show. Well, we've taken it to another level today by the world of Zoom and whatever sound effects may be accompanied with. We're putting producer Matt to the test, but it was worth it because this was the way that we could get the one and only Luke Keekley in. So Jake, as always, great to talk to you, blah, blah, blah. But Luke Keekley's here, folks. So give it up for Luke Keekley. All right. <laughs> I don't Luke's- feel worthy. You know, <laughs> I really and truly don't. Um, you know, Jordan, I just – I knew everybody liked Luke and Charlotte and all that. And, you know, he, he was okay as a football player. He had some deficiencies. Um, but he got introduced at the game. They put the cam- – I mean, didn't the crowd – wasn't it a standing ovation? They hadn't heard a roar like that in Panther Stadium in years. Well, I think, yeah, and, and I think that Luke, you know, one thing I want to ask you guys about this week was Steve Wilkes um, asking the fans to show up in numbers. I think all they got to do is just tell everyone that Luke's going to be on the sideline, and then you'll sell out only Panther fans. So, anyway, Luke, man, yes, you're awesome, but you're more awesome because you're one of us now as a radio guy. How you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm good. I don't know if they were cheering for me that I was – on the big screen, if they were cheering for me because I didn't have, they didn't have to listen to me in the radio booth anymore. <laughs> and they're like, thankfully, he's not in there anymore. We just get to listen to Jake and Nish call. We don't have to listen to Luke anymore. So I don't know which one it was. Hopefully, uh, hopefully they still like me there. And um, I'm excited for the game this weekend. Jake, did you know that following the Broncos game, when you were you had the weekend off, Luke and I did our one and only game together there was a pickup basketball game that happened involving luke keekley uh myself jonathan stewart and two of my other buddies and i'm gonna just say luke i don't know we're a little rusty at basketball we took on some dads from the concord area with a buddy of mine and we were a little rusty luke is that fair to say yeah well we we were really good let's start with what we were good at we were good at rebounding we were really good at playing defense and we were bad at about everything else your shooting percentage was poor (laughs) our strategy was to just shoot it up there try to get a rebound off like uh off the off a rim off the backboard but we weren't really good enough to really uh hit the rim a whole lot so not only was their shooting percentage poor our main strategy wasn't great so we uh we lost three games in a row and uh after the first game we just switched to zone defense because we were all <laughs> <laughs> well okay Jake, I, this was the, this was sunday after the game yeah so yes exactly right so i've been challenged by you know i'm name dropping here but i'm good buddies with Scott Avett from the Avett brothers, and he plays pickup basketball twice a week at Concord. Okay. And he said, next time you come to Charlotte, you should bring some buddies up and play me and my guys. And I was like, you're dang right I'm going to do that. So it comes time to go, and I call around to some 
some of my buddies and Stu and Luke and two of my other non-football friends were available. So we went up there and played. The ankles were real sore following the activities. Achilles tightness and soreness for like three days in a row. I had a, oh gosh. Just so you know. Question. No, No, we didn't win. In a row, Jake. We were terrible. Gosh. That's embarrassing. Like really, that's embarrassing. Well, we they they did have one of their players. What was it? UNC Greensboro Hall of Fame. I don't even remember yeah. his name. You know what? He only played one game. So Luke, he, made every, he made every shot he took. It's like it wasn't fair. It kind of <laughs> got to the point where he didn't even. I don't think he was even having fun. That you guys are so bad. I'm just gonna stop playing and watch. <laughs> How many air balls did Jonathan Stewart shoot? Man. Our, I don't, man, we couldn't, we couldn't do anything. We couldn't do anything, right? Stu is the physical presence down the lane, though. I'll give him that. <laughs> Luke can dunk with these, just so you know, Jake. He didn't do it in the game because he's, you know, it wasn't, there wasn't an opportunity, but pretty impressive. Uh, so that's our backstory. Jake, have you played basketball recently? Uh, I gave it up about a year and a half ago. You were playing till then? Well, they have some guys at the school and we get a text, you know, on like Monday or Wednesday night, say 630 and whatnot. And then one night I did something and my mind said to go this way and the body tried to go that way. And I was like, you know what? We're going to try to be proactive here and we're not going to do this ever again because something is going to pop and break. And I just don't want to have to deal with that. So I decided to, (laughs) but I was a basketball fanatic. I loved it, played it all the time. Oh, well, there you go. See, I didn't even know that about you, Jake. That, Luke, that's why you're here to, to build bridges. Luke, how's the radio gig going thus far? You're surrounded by amazing talent, but um, it seems to me as sitting next to you for, for one game this year, you're enjoying you're enjoying the heck out of it. Oh, I, it's been it's been a ton of fun. The first couple of games, I had to kind of figure out when they get in there because, you know, Jake just talks so much that I'd be getting ready to <laughs> then just start talking over me. So I was like, you know what? That was a really good idea. I was about to say that. And then I slowly realized that I had a I had to jump in there before Jake got going. But you know what? It's been uh it's been a lot of fun. It helps when you learn when you learn from the best. So you and Jake have really taught me a lot this year on how to be a productive uh radio guy. That's very good. Jake, uh he's filled in or uh, sat in next to you and done a nice job as <laughs> he, he says you talk a lot, but there's a lot to be learned. I mean, it's a pretty amazing marriage with quarterback and middle linebacker sitting next to each other. When I've listened to you guys, it's got to be a fun experience for you as well. That's what I enjoy because I want to quiz him. I want to ask him, okay, what are you thinking here? Why are you thinking this? What are the Panthers thinking? And I think that's where we're lucky, especially this year. Um, once Steve Wilkes t- took over and Al Holcomb's calling the defense, like, if anybody knows that defense better than those two guys, that'd be one other person. That'd probably be Luke Keekley. So kind of ask him, hey, what are you thinking here? What's being told? And and th- that's what I enjoy, kind of like the, the mental chess match of, hey, I'm thinking this on this type of situation. And um, he does a good job of explaining it. And I think he's understood that uh, you can't bring that many notes to a football game because the first <laughs> football game was classic. He had an envelope. It was like a full scouting report of every player. And I said, yeah, buddy, you, you won't use that at all. And after the game, I said, how'd that work for you? And he goes, yeah, never opened it. I said, exactly. So we're just kind of telling the story. But um, it's fun having him in there. And uh, you just get both sides of the ball. That's what I enjoy the most about it, what he's thinking. And, like, his diagnosis of, of run plays and offense does so quick and things like that. That's what I enjoy. All right, we're one and six against the Steelers, who's our opponent this week. All right, all time. 
the Panthers regular season record against Steelers all the time, one and six. The only win in 1996. So something that we all share is we've never beat the Steelers. Big the big storyline that I really locked onto this week was Coach Wilkes calling for everybody to protect the bank. We need all the fans to wear Panther gear, be in the seats. As you guys all know, there's been occurrences more often than not when the Steelers come to town and it is bright yellow in Bank of America Stadium. So I want to hear from you guys as players uh, how, how you feel about those home games. Start with Luke. Like, back up what Coach Wilkes is saying, man. The Bank of America has been a whole variety of experiences as a player. Louder than heck. Luke, you were there in 15 and in 13, the games that he referenced this week. Jake, you and I were there all the way back to when we beat – um, the Cowboys in the playoff game, and that place is livid. The flip side of that is when, you know, it's a doldrum game against the Steelers or against the Niners, and there's a bunch of visiting fans there. So, Luke, give me something to get our fans that are listening some more juice to come to that game and sit in their stands, make noise, and wear a Panthers jersey on Sunday. Well, I think, you know, you look at the start of every season, you always want to play games in December that matter. And I think it's more fun to play games in December that matter. And obviously, as a fan, I'm sure it's more fun to go to a games and root for, for a team that has an opportunity to make the playoffs in December. And as crazy as the year has already gone this year, and, you know, obviously our record is, you know, below 500. But if if we take care of business these next couple of weeks, we'll have a home game in January. And I think really that's all the motivation that, that we need, not only as players, but as fans. If we if we come out and we support and the guys feel the energy from the crowd, I'm telling you, it's a, it's a big deal when when that stadium is bumping and it's loud and it's pro Panthers and they're cheering us on and they're giving us energy. It's a real boost. The momentum's there, the energy's there. It gives you just a great feeling when you're on the field. So I'd be excited if I was if I was the players. I'd be excited if I'm a if I was a fan. And obviously I'm a fan now. But games in December that matter that have playoff implications are the best games to be at, not only as a player, but I imagine as a fan too. So that's really kind of my thing. I agree with Wilkes. The more fans, the more energy, the more cheering and how loud that stadium can get only benefits the players and the coaches on the field. Jake, what, yeah. do, you, what do you have to say? Well, really and truly, you know, Luke went first, so I couldn't really say what I wanted to say. He kind of took everything. <laughs> He's but, like, well, that's why I didn't want you to jump I in thought, like Luke well, told me. <laughs> yeah, I'm, a, I'm a bully in that regard. But, yeah, I feel the same way with uh, Luke. Listen, there will be Steeler fans. I don't care, guys. This is since before the season started. They have they, – they travel. So, there will, there will be some black and gold in the stands. I think that's a given. But hopefully we can uh, outnumber them by a great amount uh, with Panther fans. I just find ever since Steve Wilkes has taken over, um, there's just a different vibe around the team. But I think there's a different vibe in – and, and hearing the fans and listening to the fans. And there's a belief. Um, it's just a different set of belief. Like, they like what this team is doing. This team is taking on its head coach. They're going to punch you in the mouth, and they're going to look at you with a serious face, and they're going to punch you again. Um, and that's what we've done on offense, and that's what I think our defense has done. And our young core guys are really and truly stepping up. We're becoming a physical smash-mouth type of football team. And I, I truly believe that's what Charlotte likes. That's what that's to me. That was always the better teams. Our Super Bowl year, Jordan. That's what we were. Uh, even our receivers, it's Steve and Moose. They were known as bullies. They were bullies. Um, and then you go back to the, the great teams that Luke was a part of. That defense. And then you go back to the offense. Yeah, Cam could throw the ball well, but what you couldn't tackle him. I mean, he was just he was that physical presence, and it was just this nastiness. And I think that's what. 
our crowd is starting to see our fans and 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 hopefully they can kind of kind of be into it um a great deal on Sunday because we've got a great opportunity guys we have a huge opportunity Luke you weren't on the podcast 2 weeks ago I I said it I, I took my shot we're winning out we, we we're going to win out we were going to win in Seattle we're going to beat uh Pittsburgh and then we'll take care of the next three after that but I mean that's this is this is who we are and I like where we're sitting um, so I want to do a little uh, – I'm curious about this, and I'm sure people that listen are. So we've got, we've got the quarterback here, and we've got the middle linebacker. So as a lineman, there's a lot of talking going on in the game. We're all going to pretend like we're going to go back to our playing days. I'm talking to the center and the guard and whatnot. But I, my world, you know, I see safeties. I see maybe a corner that might have be stacked or a slot guy that might be blitzing. But you guys both have such awesome views when you're playing. Right. And so, Jake, I want to know how much attention you pay to what the middle linebacker is saying defensively when you're at the line. If you're calling something or talking and they're in, in times when they you know what they're saying is correct. And when you know what it is, talk about like that relationship. And then I want to hear about it from Luke as well. Well, I think you hit it on the head, Jordan. If I'm playing against Luke and I'm not trying to kind of make his head bigger than what it already is. I'm not going to listen to him because he's probably going to be calling dummy calls. But if I'm playing against a younger linebacker or maybe someone I don't think is quite as good, I'm listening for safety calls. I'm listening for communication. But somebody like him, you will have dummy calls. Uh, Teddy Bruschi, I remember vividly uh, playing against them. And you knew it was was dummy calls what they were doing. And so uh, you do try to pick up things. I don't think there's any doubt. You try to pick up. Um, certain calls for safety rotations and, and things of that nature. But it's such a chess match, and you don't want to overthink things sometimes. But, man, if you could just get one advantage in that regard, like um, if I could see and, and know a certain rotation's coming quicker and I can go to my, my, my pass game instead of my run game and things like that. But I think you have to pick and choose. Uh, I know against Tampa we had great success against them, but that was difficult trying to listen to Derek Brooks because – he was going to throw you – it wasn't clues. He was going to throw you some different words to make you think they were going to run something, and they weren't. So you had to learn pretty quick. And I'm, I'm sure Luke has done the same thing because I've seen him redirect the defense on a call by the offense and, and vice versa. Um, and, it, and that's just kind of preparation and just kind of being on top of your game. Luke, how do you see it from your side looking back at the QB? I think Jake, Jake had a, made a really good point. It kind of depends on who you're playing. Are you playing an older guy or a younger guy? And we always kind of felt like with younger guys, if we can show him a look, we can get him to do what we want. So, you know, it's first down and we're going to play single high defense and we're going to try to stop the run. Um, we're going to show him a split safety look to get him to check from his, run, from his pass to his run. And once he checks to his run, then that safety just comes down and then you can play the run game because there's not going to be enough time on the play clock and he's probably not going to check back out of it. So basically what we would try to do is we would try to stay patient. We'd try to let him make his checks. If he didn't make his check, then we just we would just kind of ro- walk down into the defense. But you always tried to give young guys looks that they and, and let them see it and let them make their check. And then after they make their check, then you can move on down and get in the in, in an advantageous position for your defense. And kind of like Jake said as well, the other you start to play these older guys like, you know, we always play Drew and uh, and Matt inside the division. 
And those guys 100% had fake calls because you go in there, you listen to games, you'd watch the TV copy of games, and uh, he, he'd have a check that week. You'd write it down. You'd get that check in the game, and you'd always have to you would always have to like cross check it. You'd always have to make sure that, all right, the word that he used the previous week, is it still live this week? And the moment it's not, you got to cross it off the list. So that's kind of how I'd always try to figure it out is, boom, I heard this the previous week on the TV copy. He says that in the game the following week, I got to check to make sure that it's correct and he hasn't changed his call. So that's the difference I always felt with young guys to old guys is young guys were very predictable in what they're going to do versus older guys understood all right, they're going to be watching us. They're going to be listening. We got to have some change-ups because they're already going to have all that stuff cataloged from, from watching tape during the week. Can Can I hear, did, no, you ahead, have, did you have someone on the sideline, a backup linebacker or a safety that you thought was really <clears> smart on your own team? Did you have someone like opposite behind the offense to try to pick up checks on the sideline? You could come back and talk to them. Did you have somebody like that, a little spy for you? No, not really. I took, I honestly, a lot of the stuff I did was at the line of scrimmage, I'd listen. Um, because hand signals, I don't ever felt like I could get enough. I, I couldn't watch enough on tape to get the hand signals I wanted. And I just couldn't make them out well enough from my perspective and on the defense. But the the verbiage was always really easy to hear because you could literally walk up to the line of scrimmage and they'd be talking three, four yards away from you. You could hear everything crystal clear. So that was kind of how I took it as, those microphones pick everything up on game day, so I'd listen to TV copies, and then once I got a, once I got into the game, I just get up there at the line of scrimmage when they're making checks. Can I humor you guys with a story about my line career that falls perfectly to this subject matter? Please Done. do. Okay, so um, exactly right with what you're saying, and O lineman and D lineman same way. So like, good. If, when I was younger in my career. I never could figure out how the DNs. I remember playing Willie McGinnis, uh, Jake, in the Super Bowl, and you'll love to hear this. He's like, "It's a pass," and I mean, you know, like obviously my my stance was still getting developed to where I didn't tip things as much as always, you know. But as I developed, I started to learn. Like, I think they still think that I'm tipping it, but now I know how to use that to my advantage. So we were playing the Dolphins one preseason game and I was going against Jason Taylor. And this was probably like in my, maybe my fourth year where I was still like kind of classified as young, dumb guy that you could get tips off of. So we were running a a naked, like a boot out to the left. So what's, what's Jason Taylor thinking? He's thinking that it's a runaway, right? So Jason Taylor, and I was like, oh my gosh, Jason Taylor, this guy's amazing. I just saw him on Dancing with the Stars this offseason, you know? (laughs) So Jason Taylor, it's preseason game, mind you. So he's like, check run, check run, and he tightens (laughs) down. I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> so said Hut, and I step with my right foot because I know he's thinking that, you know, and, and all we got to do on a boot, it's the best play in the world. We just like run to the right and the quarterback rolls out, you know, but if you can collect that D end, it's just like bonus. I step hard, ah, pads down low and Jason Taylor like cut, goes to cut me off because he thinks it's run. And I just take my left hand. And just club him right in the back of the head. And down he goes, face first, into the grass. <laughs> and I was like, yes! He gets up and he's like got dirt in his helmet. And he's, his eyes were huge. Like, oh my God, I cannot believe I fell for that. And might have been Jake. I don't even remember who booted out. We completed the pass or whatever. But that was a critical moment because that's when I turned from young dumb guy that you can get the tips off of to middle-aged dumb guy that sometimes you can get the tips off of. It's good. It's good and bad because, you know, once you turn into middle-aged guy, then 
then they can't, then they're not going to rely on all those tips. You had that little window there where you could, you could outsource. Right. And then they're like, well, now Jordan's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. We can't <laughs> But I did parlay it into one sweet play against Jason Taylor. All right. Our podcast is not that long, Luke, and we could go on and on forever, but we should talk a little bit about the Steelers game. So you guys are you guys are both boots on the ground in Charlotte, starting with Luke first. Tell me how you see this game playing out. Well, you know, the last the last two weeks, what we've done a really good job of is we've played really, really good defense and we've run the ball at people right at their face. I mean, the last game that that we did together. Uh, the Seattle game, they literally lined up in that same formation probably 10 or 12 times and ran duo. The most simple playing football, there's nothing cute about it. There's nothing misdirection-wise. We're going to line up and hit you in the face. Then you fast forward to the Seattle game. They had that one package. I read an article this morning about it. Called They called it Arby's, an Arby's package. They had, I think, eight offensive linemen in the game. Our guy, Cade Mays, was back at uh, fullback again. They still haven't given him the ball. We'll have to work on that. He did go up but for a pass, though. He did go up for a pass. I think I think the the recipe this week is run the ball really well, play really good defense, force some turnovers, and then Sam's, Sam's just going to be smart with the ball. He's going to make a couple big throws, and uh, he's going to make some plays with his feet. I think that's what it comes down to. I don't think we need to do anything fancy. I think what we've done the last couple weeks have been good, run the ball, play good defense. Sam makes some really good timely throws and converts some third down, and we get out of there with a raucous home crowd for uh, another. <laughs> uh, Jake, what about you? Yeah, Jordan, I, I think the formula is very simple for us. Um, listen, we don't know who's playing quarterback for Pittsburgh, to be quite honest. Uh, we don't know if Pickett's going to be out of concussion protocol, and there's talk of Mason Rudolph even kind of uh, jumping um, uh, Mitch Trubisky as a quarterback. So that's something um, – we need to hold up against them. Uh, Watt, great football player. Listen, he's got a torn pet. He's come back from that. Really not what he was early in the season because 100% T.J. Watt is is one of the best players in the game. But uh, UNC Charlotte alum Alex Highsmith, has, I think he has like 10 sacks this year. He's really playing well. So hopefully we can run the football at them. Um, they do have some good football players. Megan Fitzpatrick is a ball hawk on the backside. And um, and that's kind of what I, I don't think we need to deviate from our formula. It just looks like we're having fun. The guys love each other. They're playing hard as heck for each other. Um, and Sam Darnold just seems, gosh, just seems happy and in control. And when he can use his feet, use his athleticism, uh, I think that kind of really gives us a, a, a really nice advantage. So I'm hoping more of the same can happen. And uh, back to this whole um, – you know, so cute and offensive lineman playing fullback and y'all want us to throw the football to him. You know, Luke, I had a little talk with Jordan last week uh, about this. We're not putting Shy Smith at right guard, okay? It's not cute. So we don't need to throw the football to a offensive lineman. We tried that in Buffalo in 2005. We threw it to Todd Fordham on the goal line. He caught it three times and we, we got no yards. So I don't think we need to do that. And I'm bitter about it. You can hear it in my voice. And y'all think it's all cute and funny because everybody else who doesn't touch the football, they think they can play one of those positions. Well, I don't understand why he had to get so mad, but whatever. Okay, <laughs> that's two weeks Well, ago. you know, Luke even said the same thing. We didn't throw him the pass. Okay, that's fine. Well, it's but fun, fine. man. Well, Jordan, Ultimately, it's a game. It's fun. Come on. It's fun when you win, Jordan. It's fun when you win. Right last week, Jordan, you know who converted a big third down at the end of the game there? Mm-hmm. Who? Yeah. I mean, Pen- no idea. Panay Sewell, big conversion. He ran a little uh, – yeah, flat route caught it, 
got the first down, was smart enough to get on the ground and conserve clock. He tripped and he fell, Luke. He tripped and he fell. (laughs) No, smart. Smart. That's called being a really good player and a good teammate. And it's about the team, not about you. He could have got three or four more extra yards, but he said, you know what? Got the first down. I'm going to get down and run that clock. I can see that there's more uh, podcasting that needs to be done between the three of us to get to the bottom of all these subjects. Let's hope that our – Let's hope that our middle-aged quarterback turns from the guy you can get tips off of to the savvy veteran in this next uh, end-of-game stretch here. Luke, thank you for coming on. Had a great time, and thank you for our listening audience for uh, putting up with the audio changes for the day, but I think the content was worth it. Uh, This has been the Jordan and Jake podcast powered by Ortho Carolina. When it comes to your orthopedic care, choose better by choosing Ortho Carolina. With over 40 locations throughout the Carolinas, you're never far from one of the nation's leading providers of care for joints, muscles, and other orthopedic injuries. When things look bad, it's important to know you have a choice, but there's only one better choice, Ortho Carolina, official team physician of the Carolina Panthers. All right, any last jabs at each other? You guys have at it. I'm signing off. No, I see, I do my jabs from behind a keyboard because next time I'll see Luke, he'll be in person. So I'm trying to get mine done uh, behind a keyboard. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Dot com slash compatibility.